I think when you can remove your ego, not like, how am I going to look in this shoot or in this video or in this module, but like, will the information and the education that I present, like help somebody be of service to somebody transform that person and your ego's really out of it. It doesn't matter how you think you look. Nobody's paying attention to that. They're listening to your words. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, use our unique gifts to make a massive impact on the world, and let our souls finally take the stage. I'm bringing you all the nuggets of wisdom I've discovered on meditation, mindful business, and spirituality. I'll be connecting with other creative entrepreneurs who have manifested outward success by doing inner work. Success comes from within. Let's go on this expansive journey together. Hello, welcome to episode number 72 of the Limitless Soul podcast. Today I have on a very special guest. Her name is Krista Ripma. She is the co-founder of Authentic Audience. She is a marketing coach and launch strategist. And best of all, she is by my side right now, holding my hand as I am growing the Limitless Soul and bringing you some amazing new stuff. Um, In this episode, Krista and I talk about all things being authentic and showing up through storytelling so that you can sell the truth instead of trying to sell a product or a brand. You are being your true authentic self and the things that you have to offer that are of value can truly shine through when you're in your flow state. And at the beginning of this episode, I'm like a little nervous because I actually have been working with Krista for the last three months. And when I recorded this episode, it was pre-COVID. So I held off on it for a little bit of time because I wanted to share with you some more Um, meditations and just heart-centered things to help you through this time and I thought it would be the perfect time to launch her episode as we're starting to integrate back into society things are starting to open and business is starting to pick back up again and she is the perfect person to help support us and show up in this episode to offer some solutions about how to do that seamlessly and authentically. When we recorded this episode, I had just gone through the process of emailing back and forth with Krista to start working together. And this was the first time we actually spoke prior to um, working together on my business. So it was really fun and also kind of scary and weird because the tables had turned and I'm interviewing my coach before I even meet her. So (laughs) it was really fun. But ever since then, I've felt so held. I felt so supported. And her company and everyone who works with her has made me feel like so safe and so valued. And just, I can't even, I don't even know where I would be without her, to be honest. I really don't. Um, She's got some really cool offerings out there right now. Some digital online courses. If you're listening to this and you are starting a business or you're ready to grow your business and you need help with marketing, like she is your gal. Go over to AuthenticAudience.co and check out their offerings because they are 100% gold. So go ahead and plug in your headphones, tune out the outside world, grab your notebook, take some notes, and enjoy this episode with my very special earth angel, Krista Ritma. So you are like one of my dream podcast guests. I'm so excited for everyone to get to hear your voice if they've known who you are or if they haven't to dive a little deeper because you've really inspired me on my journey as an entrepreneur and as um, a space holder and as a um, person who's integrating spirituality and business together. I'm like, it's a dream. So thank you. You're my target audience. So I'm glad, it, I'm glad it's I think working. We're both, it's, it's working both ways here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're who I'm speaking to. So I'm, I'm glad you're listening yeah. and I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad my message reached you because that's who it's for. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, it's so fun when that happens and that aligns and you're like, you are the person I've been waiting for. I know anyway. it happens now to me more and more. Like I've gotten clearer and clearer on the type of person I want to work with. And I used mm-hmm. to be super surprised when I'd get on a zoom call, like we're on right now and see like my dream client on the other end. And now I'm just sort of like expecting it. 
because it's like I was speaking to you and but at the beginning I was like I can't believe you got my message and it, you showed up and here you are and now it's like you better be here because you're the you know you're who I'm talking to so totally it's still really like beautiful for me every time to you know I work a lot so to see that and you know words of affirmation may or may not be my love language so to you know, put so much out there and not really know if it's landing and not really know how people are receiving it. And if people care about spirituality and entrepreneurship and marketing in the same ways, and then to have you reach out, it's like, I mean, my why. So mm. yeah, I'm happy to be here. Well, you just really lined up all of the questions I wrote on my piece of paper. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it's so neat to, you know, feel like you actually know someone when you get on the other line with them. I know that when I've worked with people um, or people meet me or I meet people in real life, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I already know you. And I feel like that's the best compliment for people like us who are trying to speak to our people. It's like, well, your company is called The Authentic Audience. So it really totally is that. Like you've embodied who you are, who you want people to perceive you to be. And that's just the best. Oh, it's like the best. I try really hard. I mean, it's not easy, but if I'm going to ask my clients to be their most authentic, vulnerable, truth-telling selves, then it's like the least I can do is be the same because, you know, you can, I guess it's like similar to like a yoga class. I used to teach a lot of yoga and it was like, you could, you could only ask your students to open up as much as you were willing to. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm working with my clients, I think it's really important for me to show like this is like st- storytelling and telling the truth and speaking vulnerably from your heart. It really is the only way to go and live, but it's not easy. Um, and I'm always checking myself to just make sure that like who I am putting myself out there to be is who I actually am. And, and it's hard. I have like existential crises all the time, but <laughs> But well, I, I think, can tell, yeah, yeah, I can tell that, you know, on a, on a back end level of your own personal growth, like you've even shifted and changed, like, mm. because I've known who you were for probably about a year now, I found your Dharma talk on YouTube and was like, I love this girl. She is speaking my language. Mm-hmm. And so then I started following you on Instagram and then I started seeing the synchronicities, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that starts showing up when you really start to see things in alignment. And I was like, oh my gosh, she helps people with retreats. And that's been something that I've been like dreaming about. And so I downloaded your free mm-hmm. <laughs> retreat guide because at the time, like things were still kind of building for me. And I was like, man, I'd just like to hire her right now and have her help me out. But it wasn't, you know, where I was at the time. So the free stuff is always great. We've got free stuff too. downloaded yeah, it's it. Important. And it was like, awesome. Yeah. Downloaded. This is awesome. Then something else came up. I started following you on Instagram and I saw that you were part of Deborah Silverman's astrology mm-hmm. community. And I was too. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So just like little things like that started to pop up. So then when I was mentally ready, I'm like, I'm reaching out to her. And I started listening to a bunch of your podcasts and over the time seeing like your message evolve and, and like, I don't know. It was just like aligning more and more. And I'm like, I'm reaching out to her. I love that. I love that. And I'm (laughs) glad that you were so mindful about it. And I oftentimes think that when people find me and the, like the time that people find my services to the point where they reach out oftentimes varies. Like sometimes they reach out right away and other times Mm -hmm. like you, it's a year, sometimes two years. And Mm -hmm. it's beautiful that, you know, and we can get more into this, but that I've provided enough value and held enough space during that time for you to be able to evolve and realize that you're ready. And I always say that people reach out when they're ready um, to just action because once you, you know, come into our space and our energy, it's like go time. And so I always get really excited. And the first thing I have people do is fill out their brand documents. And it's so funny because, um, because it's like this barrier to me, right? You need to spend Mm. time on this document before I'm going to give you my energy because I'm going to go deep into your brand and I'm going to invest so much in it. And half of the people that 
reach out like so gung-ho to work together, never fill out the brand documents and we like never hear from them again. And I used to get like personally offended and now I'm just like the resistance is real. And Mm -hmm. if somebody can sit down and really talk about what they're struggling with in their business and what their why is and where they want to go and what their goals are, then I'm ready to jump in with you. And it's so nice. Like I saw you, you know, you held space for yourself. You reached out when you were ready and I saw your brand document come back in really quickly. In and like I'm 20 like, minutes. I'm like, yes, but that's, that's the kind of thing that really excites me because, mm. you know, resistance is a, is a beast and, um, it gets in the way of a lot of the work that I like to do with my clients. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm just excited to be here now. And I think you really call in the energy that you're putting out. And so you called me in just as much as I called you in and here we are. Yeah. It's really cool how it kind of was like this little leveling that happened. And honestly, I was terrified. I'm like, what am I doing? Am I like even ready to, to be playing at this game at this level? Like there was a lot of self-doubt coming up with myself and I don't know, just like typing the emails back and forth with your assistant. I was like, I felt so confident and sure, like everything just felt very certain and, you know, creating certainty when there's like literally none, when you're yeah. like, I have no idea what I'm about to get myself into. I can visualize my future, but also like, is it even real? Like, is that just a dream? No, the answer and- is yes, it's real. <laughs> And that's where I come in. You know, I think a lot of people have this vision of where they want their business to be. And I think the thing that we're really good at is seeing the big picture, but then knowing exactly where to start today. And I think even for my own business, like I'm about to launch a bunch of online courses and, Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard. It's really hard. And it's way easier for me to, I have three course launches going on for other clients right now. They'll be launched in 30 days. I guarantee you 30 days will come and go and my first one still won't be launched. So it's way easier to work on someone else's brand and somebody else's mission. And even I pay a ridiculous amount of money to a strategist to keep me on track because I think accountability is a really big piece of whatever we're doing. Uh accountability and strategy because it can seem very overwhelming. But if you have somebody, you know, holding you accountable that for the next week, this is all you do. Like we're Mm going to get there for the next week. This is it. This is the focus. And that's what she does for me. And that's what I do for other people. And it makes it a lot uh, less overwhelming and just more fun. Because creating a new offer, evolving your brand, putting something out into the world, it should be fun. Yeah. It has to be fun. Yeah. If it's not fun when you're creating, it's not going to be fun when it is boring. Right. Right. (laughs) And so the intention behind whatever it is, is the most important thing to me. And then as long as it's, you know, not coming from a place of fear or scarcity or ego, uh, we can really create amazing, amazing things. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I love what I do and, uh, I'm excited because, I get to, you know, connect with people like you. We were just talking before we hit record and I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, this is my why <laughs> let's go. So it's rewarding. Yeah, totally. So talking about like the creation, uh, part of like making this new step into your career, like people who are listening might be interested in starting something different. And like, you're in that like state where everything just kind of seems like dreamy and you're like, Oh, this could happen or this could happen. But I've always been doing things this way. Um, I was listening to your podcast with Trevor, with Trevor mm-hmm. Hall. And he said something that I wanted to ask you about more deeply, yeah. but he was talking about the creative process, because like, I'm a hairdresser, I'm an artist. And for the longest time, I was very resistant to being anything but an artist. (laughs) You know, I was like, I create art. I was doing editorial photography in New York fashion week. And like, that was my dream for a while. Now here I am doing other things, obviously, but, um, like that artistic place of like creating and like honoring that, um, creation from a place that isn't so, um, like has a stipulation of, I need to sell this. Right. And he was talking about that because his music, I mean, obviously you're just like transcending when you're listening to it. Like it's coming from a place so pure. And he was talking about, oh yeah, I, I spend this time creating my 
my art or creating my letting things flow through me. And then later I create another vessel that's for the business aspect because like we got to live and make money. And yeah, I remember that. I really believe, you know, in this time and day, like this era, like we have the opportunity to use our art and use our gifts. Like you're talking about in your Dharma talk, like use your gifts to live your life and impact people. Like it's just money is just like a, a form of energy that's circulating. So I wanted to ask you about your process and mm. like for your creative process of creating, um, you know, the authentic audience brand and mission for you guys. And then also creating that space for your clients. Like I walked, watched some of your Insta stories with Yana, mm. um, creating her course and your little self is sitting there. I mean, it was, from a business person's point of view, I'm like, look at her, like holding so much space for, it's like emotional. I'm like, oh my God, holding so much space for someone else to let their creative genius come through. So I just wanted to know like your process of that, like separating the two so that you can make a ton of money and like live Mm -hmm. the life you want to live. Because I like vacations. And yeah, same two kids and they're yeah. freaking expansive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that process of honoring your creative vision and honoring your truth and your, and your, and your gifts and not tainting them by money and, and this, um, climbing the ladder kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good question and it's so funny because it's so simple. So the, the secret, like the real secret to successful in my humble opinion offers is the authenticity and intention behind it. So if you come into a process, which I've had to turn down, I can't even tell you how many people that wanted to work with us because they're like, I need to make a hundred thousand dollars on this launch. Mm. And that's Mm -hmm. like the first thing they say. And I'm like, like, no. And I know money is really important and money is really important for my business. It's how I pay my employees. It's like what Mm. makes my life go around. And I think it's a very important conversation, but the creation process is so sacred. Money is so sacred, but the creation process of whatever it is that you're bringing into the world that's flowing through you is so sacred. And I have, um, I have so many examples, but I have one client who always comes to mind and she'll call me and she'll be like, I had the craziest meditation and I know what it should be now. Like, this is what the course is. And using Yana last week as an example. So Sometimes what I do for clients is I actually co-create courses with them. Um, Yana is such an artist that the creation process for her, it's, it comes through in a way that's even like scattered and, and unclear at times. And so I'm like this person that can hold a vessel and like take us back mm-hmm. on track and bring us back into the, like what we're sort of focused on because she's such an artist. It's like a poem comes through over here and a course over here and a retreat over here. And now I want to do a writing workshop and it's amazing, but I'm like, okay, this is our focus this weekend. I'm like creating a container. And I literally did a prayer. Like I'm so spiritual about the creation process. And I was like, you know, I do this with Deb too, Deborah Silverman. It's like, whatever comes through this weekend is meant to come through. Like, please let us have a container to create, to flow and like, let it happen. And whatever comes through is supposed to come through. And this course just poured out of her. Mm -hmm. And with me being like, great, that's module one done intro to module two. And I'm able to just create it. And I'm not thinking about money. I'm thinking about how we can create the most transformation for the customer. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not even thinking about pricing, not thinking about any of that. Um, And for the courses that do the best, I can tell you right now, they come through so loud and clear. Like I know that this course is going to do so well because of what came through and then editing or watching the videos as she's filming, I'm like, this is gold. And at that point I'm starting to get a little excited about the money because I'm like, this (laughs) is really good. Right. But I'm not letting it like taint the process. And I think that it's a really fine line. Um, but for the creation process, as much as you can to not be in a space of fear and scarcity and just really trust that like 
I used to say when I was going to teach yoga, I would go into a yoga class and say, give them what they need, give them what they need, give them what they need. And that would be my prayer. And it's my prayer for any part of the creation process. And I think when you can remove your ego, not like, how am I going to look in this shoot or in this video or in this module, but like, will the information and the education that I present, like help somebody be of service to somebody, transform that person. And your ego's really out of it. It doesn't matter how you think you look. Nobody's paying attention to that. They're listening to your words. And so really going back to the intention and the trust and that creates the most abundant courses. Like I can tell you the ones that come from that place and then you have to act, right? So similar to Trevor is like, I was a container to create this course and then it was dumped out and we were like dead, right? Like it had just come through us and we were energetically totally dead. And then the next day I was like, okay, now we need to turn this into like, we have to clean it up. But like that creation process where it's like this brain download, this brain dump. And that's how I start every course, whether it's my own, whether it's for a client is just a two to three hour brain dump. And then I start to refine how many modules should it be? Should it be video? Should it be PDF? But I'm still thinking about the delivery. How do we deliver this so that we can maximize the success of who's ever on the other end? And then I talk about pricing at the end. So I'm like, okay, this is so valuable. This is what I'm thinking. Do we want this to be quality, like a small niche audience, or do we want to go quantity and allow everyone to be able to take this? And, you know, wh- what part of the funnel is this in? And then that like marketing brain turns on. But I think the, the more space you can hold for that creation process, the faster you'll actually get to the marketing, the details, mm-hmm. the sales page, the webinar, what day it should be, all of that comes after. So I would say my answer is very similar to Trevor's. It's first like, what's the intention behind this? How can we help the most people? Mm-hmm. What, what do they need? Then part two is like, okay, how do we price it? What's the funnel look like? How do we market it? And then part three is the launch. And that's when the launch is like the least amount of work because you're really just holding space and all the work yeah. is done. So it's a fun process when you allow, but so many people I've worked with, like I've had so so many bad examples of, you know, just in it for the wrong reasons. Um, Doubt creeps in, like this isn't going to do well. People aren't going to like this. I look bad. Like the ego just really takes over. And I find that the more in the flow I am, oftentimes the louder my ego gets. So it's like Mm. quite a, it's quite a dance. Oh, that's, isn't that so freaking true? It's like more money, more problems, (laughs) more energy, more ego. More real. I want to like, that should be a meme. You got to polish that up a little bit, but that's just something. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, uh, okay. So let's talk about worth for a second because that got, like, I was trying to really be present and like absorb what was happening. But in the back of my mind was like, don't forget to talk about worth because, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, more. I feel like, I feel like I should be paying you for this. Um, so worth, because I do feel like that because you give so much value. Like I listened to your podcast and I'm like, where's my notes? <laughs> I have the wrong, you know, it's just, it's gold. It's so golden because you've, you've created this process of, you know, segregating like your intention and like you're giving from like business part, Krista, who's like strategy implementation integration into like a business format. But when, like, I know a lot of people who are listening are service providers and Mm -hmm. like when I started this podcast, it was mostly hairdressers because that's my world that I come from. But because everyone started sharing it on Instagram and stuff being like, you don't have to be a hairdresser to listen to this, listen to this, even if you're not a hairdresser. So then we started broadening this audience to, to other people, but I would say majority of them are working with other people. And the thing that gets in the way a lot is lack of confidence in their pricing. And so they start discounting themselves and then they start getting mad at themselves for not charging what they know in their heart that they're worth, but they don't know how to get over that obstacle, that hurdle of, of deciding on like a dollar amount or deciding that, yes, this correlates, like the energetic exchange is worth this many dollars. Yeah. And so 
like when you're working with clients and you guys are deciding, cause I know you come from like the, the course creation strategist marketing side. What does that look like when you're deciding like, what is this worth? And how do we embody that? Like, how do we believe that? So we don't launch it and like, look at the computer, like, did it work? Are they buying it? It's like, they're going to buy it. And I don't even, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about that. We're drinking champagne and talking about something right. else, you know? Yeah. I think it's a huge conversation and I have a couple examples. I think starting actually with the hairdresser example is a good one. And I just had an experience this week at the hair salon that I go to and, um, Assert the service industry is so funny because it's not like a product. So you're actually like putting a value on your time and energy, which is totally different than like this can (laughs) of like LaCroix that I'm drinking, right? I'm drinking sparkling water. It's like cost X amount. You're not going to like bite me on that price. Whereas (laughs) unless it's on sale at the store. Right. So when you're like putting a price on your services, it's really so weird. Like there's no other word for it. It's, it's the service pricing model is, is so interesting. And people think that because you've set the price, like you have wiggle room. And I, and I see this with, this is a perfect example. It's so funny. The universe is so cool. So I was getting my hair done this week and the girls in the hair salon all know me and my, I send my clients in there and it's like a very community based, like women empowerment centered hair salon. And one of the girls, I've been having some boundary issues. And one of the girls was like, oh my God, I'm so afraid to send this text. And I could feel her energy. And I was like, what is happening? And she was like, I have this client and I'm like freaking out because I have to, you know, she's super emotionally abusive to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, how long has this been going on? And she was like five years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, she was one of my OG clients like when I first started doing hair, like the person that she is now and has evolved to be in her business is completely different than when she started. And she said, she fights me when I raise my prices. She texts me on off hours. Like she texts me paragraphs. Like it's very manipulative and abusive. And, and so she's actually like phasing her out into a different hairstylist who is a little bit more bold that might be able to handle her personality. And she was like really scared to tell her the price. And it wasn't even her price. It was a new price. And to me, it's just anytime you have to discount or lower your price or you're met with that energy from somebody else that like doesn't value you, it feels like shit and your worth kicks in and all of that stuff happens and fear and doubt. And, you know, we're constantly making excuses for other people, but our so hard on ourselves. So it's just like this super weird dynamic. And what I told her, I was like, you are energetically in such a different space. And every time she goes, every time she comes in, my heart like sinks, I'm scared, all this stuff. And I was like, you're having to lower your frequency to meet hers. Mm -hmm. You know, you are not going to be able to call in the clients and the people that like won't flinch at your prices. Like my hair girl is so expensive. Granted, we do do a trade, but I don't even flinch when she tells me the price. And when you start to call in that energy, I remember when I raised my prices, I was like holding my breath. No one even noticed. Literally no one noticed. Nobody had anything to say about it. And it's kind of a nice barrier because if somebody doesn't like your price, then they're not really your ideal customer because your ideal customer is going to value your price. They're going to value, they're going to be like, oh, great. And for me, sometimes I went to this healer recently And, um, he's pretty expensive, but to me, I was like, oh, he must be really good, you know? And that's kind of how I like felt about it. And he was, he was amazing. So I think, you know, for, for me, it's like when you lower your price or discount or meet that lower energy, you're not making space for the people who are going to come in and, and actually like pay you what you're worth and not care about it. So, That's just a story that came to me that I wanted to share, but about when I'm determining pricing, um, it's very strategic. So if you want to have a course, something online, that's like a no brainer for people to buy, I say, keep it under $200. And like, I'm about to come out with a marketing fundamentals course and it's easily worth two grand, but I'm going to do it for 200 because I want everyone to have it. Like Mm -hmm. I want everyone to be able to have these tools. It's the marketing basics. But if you learn these, 
and anyone can afford that's growing their business a $200 investment into marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to be able to take that risk, right? Mindset is the first actual module in the course because it's so important. But then as it grows, I would say the more involved you are and the more energy you have to give one-on-one or one to a group, like this marketing fundamentals course, I can shoot in like a couple of weeks. It'll probably take me a month to prep and market like 30 days a time. But then once it's out, it's out. So it's passive. I don't have to do anything, whether I sell one or a thousand, I do the same amount of work. Mm-hmm. So when it's that kind of product, I say, don't, don't overprice it. I say, keep it low and allow people to discover you that way. Then the more involved you get, like if Jordan Younger, for example, she does a uh, group calls sometimes as part of her online offers. I tell her to charge more because it's her time. It's her energy. She's mm. connecting with the people in the group one-on-one and it's so valuable to get a coach, healer, artist, whatever, a mentor one-on-one or yeah. one to many even to be able to type in a question or them see you and you can ask. That's so valuable for people. So for me, I'm going to do a program called Zero to Launch where I'm only going to take 20 people through it and it's going to be group calls every week and that's going to be closer to $1,000 because it's my time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's sort of the way that I, I don't like to overprice. I don't like to overvalue because people can feel it. And if it's valued accordingly, like to your time worth transformation benefits, um, people don't really care what's included. So whether it's like four modules or 14, that's irrelevant. It's what are the benefits and what's the transformation they're going to have. And if you really focus on that and the value of that, um, I think you can't really go wrong. But to me, if it's a passive offer that you can create and put out there, I would say, you know, under 500 for sure. Mm-hmm. If you're involved in any way, a thousand and over, if you're doing any one-to-one type of coaching or uh, breakout sessions, then it should be like two to 4,000 because that's how valuable our time is. So that's just like basic rough numbers, but I hope that feels helpful from like a strategy standpoint. Yeah, totally. Because I think we get caught up in this kind of comparison. And so like, Oh yeah. Coming, coming from my world, you know, in the service providing arena, it's like, well, Susie down the street is only charging 30 for a haircut. So I should probably only charge 30 for a haircut or people aren't going to come to me because they could go to her for less. And when you start elevating and you're going to education and you're growing and you're working with people who are making you a better provider, a better, um, artist, like you have more skill and we spend all that money on that. And then you're afraid to charge more, the you know, like that lack mentality for a $30 haircut. Aren't your clients, you know, and yeah. that's, or that's the way I always think about it. I'm like, then go to Susie down the street and get a $30 mm-hmm. haircut because now my schedule and space is open for people who value what I do and want the quality and the education and everything. The Reiki, the, the, um, mindfulness thing. Yeah. That comes yep. with it. And I think people are looking for that. And I think that when you have something niche, like you have and specific and a service, you can actually charge more because less people are doing it. And mm-hmm. it's going even- valuable. Like if you have an offer or a product or something that, you know, everyone is doing, which is funny because I do marketing and there's so many marketing agencies out there, but I do believe that what we offer is very unique and our messaging Mm -hmm. and our strategy is, um, our own and you get what you pay for. And I always remember that, like you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this happen so many times where people want to cut corners. They don't want to pay a social media manager and they want to do a trade or have somebody do it for free. And I'm like, you get what you pay for. And it's the same with us. Like we're not cheap, but you're going to get amazing results out of it. And sadly, there's a lot of people out there charging a lot that, you know, probably, are over promising and under delivering, but I like to believe that, you know, when somebody's putting a value on something, it means that's a value I'm going to get back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I never choose something based on the price. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people more and more are becoming more conscious, like fair trade is on my mind a lot lately. And I think it's a really good example of shopping locally 
um, like we went to this light store and it's a local store in Santa Cruz and the lights were, we were looking at the prices and we were like for a lamp. And my husband's brother was like, it's local. Like this isn't Amazon. Like you're helping like the local economy when you shop here. And to me, that's more valuable. And I think a lot of people are starting to just pay more attention to where the money is going and the sacredness around that. And when you have something that's valuable with great intention and your whole purpose is to be of service, like you'll find success. And I know you know that because, you know, we've talked about before this, how spiritual you are and, and truly when you create an offering that's dedicated to being of service, the doors just open up for you. And that doesn't mean do it for free. It just means what you're doing is of service to other people. And when that's your first intention, great. Mm -hmm. abundance will follow for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So circling back to, you know, like there's so many other people doing marketing, like there, yeah. you know, there's all these people and there's millions of hairdressers, like totally. there's so many of us. And a lot of what you guys do is like finding your voice, finding your truth, finding what is important for you to express so that you can feel whole, right? You're not feeling like half of you is putting it out there. It's like, right here it is splayed open and I'm ready to receive. How did you get from like, I was reading something about you, maybe a post you made the other day or something about being 22 and being in the film Mm. and like going from that to where you are now. I don't know how old you are, but like however long that was. 31. Yeah, I was 31. Okay. So like 10 years span, like what, what were some of the key things that got you um, back to feeling like yourself, like you could express yourself in a true authentic way, confidently charging what you do and like helping the people that you have maybe like one or two. Yeah. It's a really, really good question. Um, I think like strong women around me and mentors, Mm -hmm. like I've Mm -hmm. had some really incredible, like Deborah's one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we'll talk for hours and just having these women who have done it before. Yana is one of them. Um, We had a whole thing around worth. And I think just realizing that people don't really care about you. And that can feel really weird, but it's like people don't care that much. And that realization, like everyone's their own director. Everyone's the star of their own show, directing their own movie. And we're everybody in it, right? You're the star of your movie and I'm the supporting cast. I'm like a guest on your, I'm like a day player on your movie today. (laughs) Right. And so at the end of the day, I think when I realized that people, two, two things, one, people don't care as much as you think they do. And when you can just be yourself and it's hard, like I've lost friends, I've had, you know, a lot of growing pains come with speaking your truth and you can, my, my husband always says like, when I'm right, I'm righteous. So I think that, you know, there's a piece of that, that I'm still learning because once I, you know, or the integrity police, he calls me sometimes because (laughs) I feel so like this is the only way. And, and I, I think that we're all constantly evolving, but for me, it's realizing people don't care having self-awareness. So really understanding, like I'm very intense, like I can come off very intense. I can like, just like understanding how people receive you. And honestly, astrology, astrology played a huge role. Um, because I realized like why I am the way I am. And, um, once I learned somebody's chart, like somebody, somebody was with me the other day and I was like, Oh, you have no fire in your chart. And she was like, how did you know that? I'm like, it's so obvious to me now. Um, or like you're missing earth for sure. You know? And are you fire? Um, I'm, I'm a lot of air. I'm a Gemini. Oh, oh yeah, I'm a Gemini, but my moon's in Cancer, so that saves me because it's like fosters that deep emotional connection I have. But and then I think that the third piece uh, is like just being very forgiving um, with yourself mm-hmm. and with your process. And I mean, also from a marketing standpoint truth, the easiest thing to sell, like my talk is the truth, right? So once I realized that like, I can make some beautiful post about whatever, 
Um, and that'll do well and people like it and they're inspired by it. But when I share my truth, when I share the scariness, the fear that I know we all have, like the, Mm -hmm. I don't belong, I'm not good enough. When I share those pieces of me, it gets so much more honest engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not doing it for that reason, but I, what it, led me to realize was the more open and honest and vulnerable I am without dumping my baggage on people. And I found this in yoga. I started doing this. So that's another one when I was teaching yoga. So I would say teaching yoga, astrology, and then just self-awareness and mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, But I realized very quickly teaching yoga, like you can go to a yoga class and sometimes if a teacher's in a bad mood, I just feel like they just dumped their baggage on me. Like Mm -hmm. they just vented and dumped with no growth moment, no realization, no teaching, no lesson, just like baggage. And I think I see people complaining a lot on social media and I complain a lot. I complain a lot. (laughs) Um, But I like to, when I share it, come from a place of a lesson or a growth or a teachable Mm -hmm. moment that I'm learning in this process. Because if I had shared when I was in the middle of that meltdown in LA last Mm -hmm. week, it would have not been okay. So you have to know like, you know, uh, Maharaji used to say, like, keep your marriage, your money and your politics, like, or your, you know, God or something like close to your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Very close to your heart. And I, when something is happening to me, that's very personal to my business, to my marriage, to whatever it is, my spiritual practice, I sit with it for a minute. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I'm not being true, but I'm trying to figure out the best way to deliver this message. And then once I figure it out, I share it. Um, and sometimes it's received well and sometimes it's not, but that doesn't matter because I know that I came from a truthful place. And, and when that happens, it feels so good. Like when I'm not being truthful or when I'm out of authenticity or I'm saying yes, or people pleasing when I really don't want to, it feels so bad in my body. Mm -hmm. Like I can feel it. It feels bad. So I want to feel good. And, and it's, uh, even if it's vulnerable and hard to share, it still feels better. Yeah. feels like free from you, like not stored. Yep. I don't know who said this or if it's a famous quote or something, but share from the scar, not from the wound, mm. you know, and it's so I love that. that. Yeah. You're share from these quotes. I feel like you could <laughs> I don't know. Right. Where's my, I want them to be like the funny ones with like the, you know, the video memes. Yeah. That's another story. Um, yeah. Share from the scar, not from the wound. And I find that sometimes very hard with everything being so public, especially Mm -hmm. being an authentic brand where the star of the show is kind of you. Um, (laughs) like everybody wants a piece of you and everybody wants to know more about you. And like, sometimes I find this hard to navigate and I know a lot of people I've talked to as well who are very spiritual and have a lot of practices that are private. Like I'm not going to share with people my deepest meditations. I'll share with you some meditations. Right. Nor should you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really finding the line and I struggle with this so bad. Like it's so funny that you're bringing it up now because this whole week, like I'm growing my team, my word of the year is team. And I've like hired some really great people. And, but at the end of the day, it's still my face. Like it's my face on the website. It's my face and voice on the podcast. It's my Instagram. And what's very cool. And what's, what's happening over the past few years is people come for me, but they stay for the team, right? So they come initially because they like what I'm saying and they want to work with me, but then they realize that working at with anyone at authentic audience is the same thing because it's my company and it's my culture that I created. And I have very high expectations for my team and it makes them work amazing. Like I, I'm so grateful for my team and my partner and all of that, but I have huge breakdowns. Like I'm exhausted from being the face. I want, what if I, you know, wanted to take a month off? I can't. What if I wanted to have babies right now? I can't. And so I think that's a big piece of how do I, you know, cause people are always going to follow people first and then brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stronger, the personality, the stronger, the personal identity, the more people can relate to that person. Um, so it's obviously like people are going to relate to me over just a company called authentic Mm -hmm. audience. Like I give it a voice, I give it a vibe, I give it an energy. Um, and I think all of that's really important, but it's really hard. 
And I, I don't even have an answer for that because I'm in that right now. Um, and I want so badly for people to want to work with authentic audience with or without me because they trust the brand and, and it's a transition that's really hard. And I know a lot of people like Rachel Brayton, yoga girl, for example, is very famous for her and that transition into leading teacher trainings and retreats where she's not there, um, or creating businesses or studios or whatever, where it's got her stamp of approval on it, but she's not physically there has been a really hard transition. And, um, I think, you know, I'm still walking through that fire, but I, I think finding a team and then slowly, you know, if people find the company through me, that's great, but I don't want it to be all about me. And, and when I started it, my progress moon was in Leo. So it was so much about me. And then it's moved into Virgo where it's like about Mm. the business and longevity and, uh, budgeting and structure and groundedness and gentleness and all this stuff. So I think the business is going to evolve as I evolve. And as long as we Mm -hmm. hold space for that to happen, then our clients and customers will too. Like you said, you said to me, I've watched you evolve and you're still here. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that's the best thing we can do is just be honest with our process. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, a little bit of a game. <laughs> it feels like oh, a game yeah. to me. It's like, I don't have the answers. I don't expect you to have the answer either. It's just interesting because it's all so new. Yeah. Like this public display of content. <laughs> like what? It's so doing? weird. Sometimes <laughs> I wake up doing? and I'm just like, this is so weird. And yeah. like people are like, oh yeah. Like I haven't seen friends for a while. And I'm like, oh yeah. I like whatever did this thing. And they're like, I know I saw it on Instagram or like, I know I listened to your podcast. I'm like, this is so weird, but also so cool that like, mm-hmm. you know, I can sit down and record a podcast that feels like I'm personally talking to you. Um, and I, it's an hour of my energy and I get to connect with a hundred, 200, people, um, with that message and connection and energy. And it's not taking up like my physical like output. Cause I could never connect with every, I could never have no, yeah. I've not enough time in my life to have an hour call with everybody that listens to the podcast. So, um, yeah, it's just beautiful. And I'm, I'm grateful for the people who listen because without those people, we wouldn't be here. So that's where the free content comes in. And that's where all that space holding happens for me, because if it wasn't for these people that I'm providing value to, I would have like, it's such a sacred balance. And, Mm -hmm. um, I want to keep providing value to them so that they stay and, um, keep my business running. So totally. Yeah. yeah. My husband the other day goes, why did you just share that? Cause he's not on, well, he's on Instagram, but he's just like follows hockey stuff, you know? Yeah, he totally. He's not, he's not an Instagram or Facebook person. And I took a picture in my salon with a cup of coffee and was like, oh yeah, something about coffee. And then later on I took a picture and was like, I never drank that coffee. And then I was like, why did I even post that? Like, <laughs> why does that even matter? <laughs> like, he's like, why are you posting that? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I thought people would want to know I didn't drink that coffee, but yeah, it's dumb. I think it's funny. And I think, you know, <laughs> so many people, like I got a message recently, I get really beautiful messages, like out of the woodworks all the time. And I got one recently and she said to me, you know, for, she goes, I can tell you for every, you know, person that's not commenting and writing to you, like it's affecting Mm -hmm. them, like, please Mm -hmm. keep doing it. And I am such a silent follower. Like I follow people (laughs) and like love the hell out of their content. And I like rarely DM them or comment. Mm -hmm. So I just think remind, like remembering that, like, even if it affects, and I think this every time I make a post and every time I, um, do anything. It's like, if this can just help one person, like Mm -hmm. this message is meant to reach one person today. And if I can reach that one person with it, then like, it's worth it. And you're definitely reaching more than one person. I can tell you, um, I've seen your content, I've seen what you're doing, but it can feel weird. And like, why am I sharing this? Why is this happening? But Yeah, I think it's a funny world we live in and it's just about evolving with what's happening with you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, professionally, physically, and just like trying to find a way to 
blend it all together. And that's when the magic happens. So yeah. Awesome. Well, before we hop off, I just want to ask you one last question. So sure. no pressure. Yeah. What makes you, Krista, feel limitless? Mm. Like totally anything is possible. Okay. I have a really silly answer, but okay. the, fir- the first answer is my spiritual practice. Um, there's actually a Muji meditation called Infinite Being. Um, and that one really, it's 12 minutes. And whenever I'm having a moment, my husband just plays it. Um, that like snaps me back into the remembering because for me, I remember as quickly as I forget. Um, so it's my spiritual practice. It's the remembering, it's the daily rituals that I have that like bring me back into that space. But that Muji meditation really like early on in my spiritual journey, like set the stage for feeling limitless. Um, and it's also swimming. Mm. When I'm swimming, water. like some, yeah, when I'm in the water, swimming and then sailing comes next. So I guess water. Um, but that has a really big, like, effect on my mindset, my state of being, and my breath, and and all of that. So, yeah, those things. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for this. What a beautiful time. I know it's a great podcast when the time just disappears. I know. Oh yeah. I got to go. Oh yeah. You got to go. I wasn't even looking. Awesome. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Send me all the info. Um, Yes, I will. Yeah. And we'll, we'll um, send you an email and get your beautiful face so we can. Oh, right. All the things. Yeah. Website is just authenticaudience.co. And Krista at Mount Insta. We have lots of cool stuff happening. So I don't know when this is yes. coming out, but we have a new website launching uh, March 23rd. So that's fun. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it'll be coming out in April. Awesome. So we have a new website and new course <laughs> already launched. Check it Woo-hoo! out. Yeah. Yes. Everyone listening, check out everything that Krista has got going on. She is incredible, as you guys have known from listening to this episode. So. Thank you. You are amazing. Thank you. Yay.